Welcome to the Audacity Church Podcast. We pray that you are blessed by what you hear today. We love to hear stories of what God is doing in people's lives. Take some time to share your story of how God is working in your life and email us at amen at loveservego.com. Now prepare your heart to hear from God today. Hey, Audacity Church, welcome to uh, Mother's Day. Uh, one of the things that we just had talked about doing is taking a break in our 10 Rules for Life series, which we'll close that out next week with the final rule for life, and uh, just focus on moms. And we thought it would be cool this year just to ask Ashley some questions, let her encourage us, and uh, just talk about her life. And so for those of you who don't know who Ashley is, Ashley Baker is my wife. She is the founding co-pastor of Audacity Church. Uh, Ashley and I have uh, 10 children. Uh, the ages are from 4 to 21. So yeah, we've had a lot of fun and uh, we've been busy. And what we want to talk about, and I'm just going to interview her, but I, I want you to know her background. Uh, for the first five years, we had three kids and I mean, she worked outside the home. Uh, she was a youth pastor's wife, a small groups pastor's wife. And then it was important for her in life where she took her inspiration and her creativity and her passions and she started small businesses and, and she would work craft shows and sell things online and so she's been an inspiration to so many and she's homeschooled our kids for 15 years and so she's got all of that under her belt but what I want our family to know the church our house of audacity she really is the strength and the backbone of, of, of our church um, she has sacrificed more than anybody uh, to make sure that this call from God that we've had on our lives just comes to fruition. And so, we love you, we thank you, and uh, we're just going to ask some questions today and, and hopefully have some fun and be an encouragement to you. And so, we ask people to text, write in questions, and so we pick some of those, and those are what we're going to go over today, and we, we really do hope they're an encouragement. So, are you ready? Yes. All right. Question number one is how do you find ways as a mom for more patience? So my view on this is that patience is a choice. Um, every situation that you find yourself in is going to have two outcomes. Either you're going to address it stressed or you're going to address it with patience. Um, but I found that perspective really helps. With little kids, if you need more patience, try looking at a situation through their eyes. You have a kid who's screaming at you because he's hungry. He doesn't know that you're dealing with a thousand other things. He doesn't know you're stressed about finances and time and that you didn't sleep last night. He's just hungry. Um, and so I think changing your perspective helps a lot um, because then it kind of takes the focus off of you and helps you see um, through your kid's eyes. And the other kind of funny perspective is uh, pretend that your windows are open and that your neighbors can hear you um, and talk to your kids like that when you are short on patience because you wouldn't want your neighbors to hear you screaming at your kids so um, just anything that can help you to take a minute and stop and make a different choice um, as believers we have been gifted um, the Holy Spirit and he can provide any amount of patience that we need um, if we just ask him, it's a fruit of the spirit and um, this isn't something that we can do well on our own for any long period of time. Um, but that's why we rely on him for an unending amount of patience. Um, 
Is it natural? No. But is it possible? Absolutely. Um, and it's a daily choice and sometimes it's an hourly choice. Um, this is not a task that you can complete uh, without the Lord. So we are thankful um, that he offers us patience and that all we have to do is ask him. That's really good. And I think that's for parents. I mean, whether you're a mom or a dad, that's great advice on patience and a lot of wisdom there. But let me ask you this. Uh, so I have follow-up questions because, you know, I'm your husband, let's have some fun. So uh, what do you do when you're at your wit's end? Like if when your patience is maxed out, so what are some of the things that you do whenever uh, you do find yourself at your wit's end with patience? So. A deep breath really helps, as simple and as silly as that sounds. Um, stopping and taking a breath so that you can re-examine things. Um, often I remind myself that hard is not the same thing as bad. Yeah. Um, and I, I've, God has given me these children. These are His. They're not mine. Um, and they've been entrusted to me to take care of, to raise. Um, and with that focus, um, I think it makes it easier to be patient with them. Uh, because you realize that um, this is a job that you're doing for the Lord, not just for yourself. That's good. That's good. I know you're already excited and you're already glad you're here. So let, let's just dive into question number two, or one in one A and now two. Two uh, is how do you balance your own time and being a wife and, and being a mom? This is a popular question. So how do you balance all of that? So I think that achieving balance is a false narrative. I don't think that that's something anybody can do. And I think we trip ourselves up when we get so focused on it because we're striving for something um, that isn't achievable. I mean, you're, you're never going to achieve a perfect balance and you're setting yourself up uh, for failure by expecting it. Uh, but first, I think you can manage your time well. Everybody's been given the same 24 hours in a day. And whether you're working or staying at home, you've got kids in school, kids at home, um, you have enough hours in the day to get done what you need to get done. And you just, I think the biggest thing is managing your time well. I mean, you're going to go through different seasons in your life and in motherhood where when you have toddlers, they require a ton of you and you're not going to have a lot left um, but that season's very short even though it seems never ending um, and then you have the middle years and the teen years and you're going to be fighting for time with them because they're going to be so busy in a way um, and you'll have more time to yourself but you won't have that time with them so I think keeping it in perspective that balance is an hour to hour day to day thing and just learning to manage your time well. yeah. So that as a mom and a wife, but one more, like, so that, that says, well, how do you balance your time as a wife and what are some of the things that you do? Um, I try to have a plan for my day. I don't do a schedule. I do more of a rhythm and I know what I need to achieve in a day. Um, I set aside time um, for myself to read, whether it's sometimes it can't be first thing in the morning. Sometimes I have to do it while the kids are eating lunch or after they've gone to bed. Um, but I think making a plan is the best thing that you can do for yourself and not being hard on yourself when something doesn't get done. You just move it to the next day and give yourself some grace. So what are some of the things that you do daily to try to refresh yourself? And you kind of touched on it there, but then what do you do whenever it doesn't get to happen? Like if, if something you wanted to have that day doesn't get done, um, what are some things that you do? Um, 
I try to um, I have a devotion that I'm working through right now and um, trying to be in the word every day I'm in Proverbs every single day whatever day of the month corresponds with the psalm um, if nothing else um, get that in and there's a change in your day when you're not in the word it's like it resets your perspective um, as to why you're doing what you're doing it's good. good. Alright, we're question number three. Um, what do you what do you do when you need to find yourself again? So if you are a believer, you already know who you are. You belong to Christ. Um, you're a daughter of the King. You're loved, you're chosen, you're seen, you're not forgotten. Um, that's your identity, that's who you are. Um, I think a lot of times our society makes us feel like we, we've got to find ourselves. Um, and I don't know what that means um, in that perspective, but I do know um, that sometimes it helps to reframe the picture. Um, so sometimes just because your situation has changed, that doesn't mean that you have changed. So you find yourself at home with a bunch of little kids and you feel like all you're doing is pouring out all day. Well, yes, that's the season that you're in but who you are hasn't changed and I think trying to remember that and also trying to focus on what is your mission what what is your calling in this frame um, of your life at this point if you're um, a mom your calling is to minister to your children and to your husband um, if you're working your job is to do those things and to do your job well to put um, to put yourself out there for your children as a example to remember that your first ministry is your family. Um, everybody has other commitments that they um, have and that are important to them. Uh, but I think reminding yourself what your calling is, where God has put you in your family, um, can kind of bring you back to who you truly are. That's good, that's good. Do you have any uh, tools or resources that have either helped affirm who you are, like, hey, yeah, that's really me, or have revealed uh, something about you besides being a daughter of Christ, which we know that's important, and, and I mean that's where it all begins. But is there anything else that you might suggest? So there's a ton of personality tests out there, and I am a big fan of them um, because I think having an outside perspective of um, how your mind works really helps you to realize um, how you see things, how you process things, how you relate to people. Um, and so I think 16 personalities is a great one. The Enneagram is a great yep. one. Um, just to see, and you can see in the frame of reference as a believer who you are and how, even how you can relate to God and how um, your relationship with Him can be enriched. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can learn and process um, in digging a little bit deeper into why you are the way you are. Yeah. I think it's good. Like, I don't think everybody is, is called to parse Greek verbs, right? I mean, so to get the most out of their quiet time. I think that's solid solid wisdom one of the things that i want to recommend is when you are doing those if you, if you choose to go down that path make sure you're being really honest <laughs> with who you are not when you're taking those tests don't think oh this is who others perceive i am because all you'll do is you'll, you'll get a, 
a false positive or false negative and it won't be true and so those are some resources that you can use to say oh this is the way why i'm wired that way when it comes to serving in the church or ministry or at, at my job and so those are really important well number four i, I love this question what does only because your season has been uh, a long long season right we're, we're 21 to 4 home educating for 15 years but what does parenting look like in in different seasons i'm kind of in the middle of four seasons right now i think um, that's all of them yeah yeah i cover the gamut right now um i have little kids i have middle-aged kids i have high school kids and i have adult children some just by age but um <laughs> I think there's, when you have little kids, people tell you, um, you know, time's gonna fly by and you're like, I just wanna get through today. But um, time really does fly by. And when you're in the throes of having little kids at home, um, sometimes you're just trying to get through the day. And um, I just really want to encourage you not to endure it, but to enjoy it. Um, your influence in your child's life is one of the most important things that there is. And um, I just really feel like that if you look at this time at home with them, even if it's just in the evenings, if you're working and cherish it, don't just try to get through the day. Don't just try to get dinner at that time and get them in bed, which is really hard because I know at the end of the day, you're just done. Um, but being attentive and just keeping a perspective on time, um, each season builds on the next. So when they're little, be attentive to training them as much as um, that seems unending and it's exhausting. Um, the next season of you know elementary years all that hard work is going to pay off um, when you get into the elementary years and then when they're in elementary school um, engaging with them reading to them um, enjoying that time with them as they're older but letting them grow and then you get to middle school where your brain and your body just you're not connected and just <laughs> loving them through that and it's the most awkward time of life but if they know that um, their parents are their steady rock. It doesn't matter, you know, how crazy they act. And then you get to the teen years where they're just so much fun and that um, relationship starts to change some and um, trust has been built. And uh, then you get to the adult years where you give advice when it's asked. Yeah. <laughs> you don't meddle and you just be their biggest champion. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. That's good. I have two more under this. So what is, uh, what is what does prayer and discipleship look like? Maybe not at every stage, but a few of those stages. What do those look like as far as from a mom's perspective in, in those seasons? Well, I think incorporating prayer in your everyday life with your kids. It doesn't have to be a formal, everybody sit down, put your hands together, close your eyes. Um, but making it a part of your everyday life, making it a natural part of your life so that as they grow and as they get older, it's not something foreign to them. Um, it's a part of what they do. And discipleship, I just think encouraging them, um, starting when they're young, reading the Bible with them. Um, and not just reading them the popular stories, but reading them the hard stories and trying to dig through what does this mean? Um, and just getting them a really good foothold in 
um, the character of Christ and how that doesn't change and what that means for them and who they are um, in Christ. That's good. That's good. I think the discipleship is so important. We always talk about that. Our, our kids are our first disciple makers. Where that's who we're supposed to be pouring into. And, You've always done an incredible job. I remember there's been seasons I'm like, well, we need to make them read these books, and then they need to write book reports on these things. And she's like, well, let's just trust that they're going to read the books and let them grow at their own pace. But um, this is a question that ha that kind of comes off the parenting in different season. Um, and just, what is it? Uh, what do you say to people, or what do you say about becoming your kid's friend? Because there's a natural shift, like from into friendship uh, and it's still where if they seek counsel if they follow the wisdom you're trying to get them but you, you don't like you said you don't meddle and pry but what does that look like about maybe becoming your kids friend too early well i didn't i never processed that my kids would become my friends until it happened and i was kind of pleasantly surprised like i don't know why i didn't think of that but um there's I guess because I didn't realize that you could be their friend, I didn't do that too early because I just didn't process it. Probably because I have so many little kids. I don't know. Anyway, um, but it seems like toward the end of their teen years, there comes this point where it's less direction and discipline and more relationship because you've done all the work here. And at this point, you're just giving them guidance and advice and um, just kind of sharing life with them in a way that's really beautiful um, until they tell you things like the statute of limitations is up on this so I'm going to share this with you. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we shouldn't say that. <laughs> that's really funny though. <laughs> Oh. Well, what do you, um, like whenever you're going through this, like if, if that's how you're going to tackle this and that's what you're facing whenever it comes to all of those kids. So like you talked about different seasons. So with young children, you have this middle school, elementary school, you kind of have this going on. And then whenever it comes to adulthood, like, so some of your kids are adults. What does that look like um, from the perspective of, hey, we are going to, uh, like the ages from 15 to 18, right? So you have 10 children, okay, and they're four to 21. That, those keys from 15 to 21, just in that, when you're prope propelling them into their culture, what does that look like that is, um, maybe looks different or how important are those years? So what we've seen is from, you know, those years are really, important and but at the same time they're really tough um, to keep a foothold in your children's life because this is the point at which they're in high school they're busy with sports and academics and friends and um, but there are things that they learn in that time frame that if they miss them man they really miss the boat um, and I would just say to keep an open line of communication yeah. with your kids um, Trust them. If they've never broken your trust, don't treat them as though they have. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times we automatically assume that our teenagers are going to make an awful choice, and if they haven't, yeah. don't treat them as though they have. Um, but there's a lot of life skills that are learned at that age and in that point, um, from relationships to money to responsibility to jobs. Yeah. Um, so I would say if you've got kids, in that age range to really step in and not in an overbearing way but more in a um, engaging relationship way because uh, 
those years are so vital. Yeah, they really are. And I think one of the things that we've kind of talked about as far as in, in those years go is that we really want to help them be catalyst into and, and help them discover what it is that they're wanting to do. The other thing that we, we've seen a lot, and you don't know if you want to speak to this, is we've seen parents be so overbearing when a kid hasn't broken their trust and the root cause is they're worried about their kids making some of the same mistakes that they made and it's not really um, anything to do with the kid. And yeah, but that's so hard because our human nature is we want to protect our kids from choices, the same choices that we made. Yeah. Or, And I would just say, give them grace and give yourself some grace. I mean, nobody's going to do this perfect. Um, and I think that's where the reliance on the Holy Spirit comes in so strong. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, this is the last question, man. Thank you for being attentive. Thank you for your time. I'm going to let you kind of close this out and I'll close. So close the final but uh, this came in from one of uh, our moms and it says I feel like I'm in this alone uh, what do I do so I think there's this idea out there that you should have dozens of really close friends and um, I really think the reality of it is everybody needs just a couple of really good friends people that you can um, turn to and depend on and I would say find those people Find those moms who are in the next season that you want to be in. Um, and find the moms that are in the season you are in. But make sure that these people um, are encouragers, that they're cheerleaders. And you be an encourager and a cheerleader yourself. Um, I would say be transparent. Ask questions. Uh, be real. No one has time for a false front and no one has time for drama. So. Just be real and be true um, to who you are, faults and all. Um, and I would say relax. <laughs> you're doing a better job than you think you're doing. Um, and if you care at all, it shows that you're doing a good job because you care about your kids. Um, but I would just say to find your little group and even if it's just one person. I have one friend that I know that I can turn to and no matter what it is, she's going to point me, she's going to listen to me. And then she's going to point me back to Christ, encourage me, and help me see um, where I was wrong in the situation, which I yeah. think is really important because there's lots of people who can sit and murk in your drama with you. Uh, but to find someone who's really going to lift you up, I think, um, is vital. And when I had first had a bunch of little kids at home, all my friends were young. Nobody had kids. I didn't have anybody older in my life to glean from. And I didn't realize until I was older how much I missed in that season not having that. So I would say seek that out and ask. 99% of women are gonna say, absolutely, I'd love to pour into you. Um, so don't be afraid to ask for some guidance there. Um, you're the mom that God chose for your kids. He didn't make a mistake in giving you the kids that you have. Um, even if you're fostering or you've adopted, those children were chosen for you by God. Um, and you have every skill, ability, and temperament that you need um, to teach and to parent them. Your specific child, your, your child that God connected you with. And remember that they are His and that you're, you've been entrusted with them to raise um, and to love and to teach. And God didn't make a mistake. Yeah, that's um, good. So there's a quote from Sarah Hale that I love, um, that no influence is so powerful as that of a mother. So as important as friends and husbands um, are, nothing is as important as your relationship with Jesus. We can't get through 
um, this life as best as we would want without him. He makes this whole thing worth it. And so, um, if you have never placed your faith and your trust and your hope in Jesus, I would love to share with you how to do that today. Um, it's just a simple prayer. It said, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again three days later. And I ask that you would come into my heart, that you would change me, that you would help me become a better wife, a better mother, a better person. Um, and accept the grace and the hope that he has uh, for you in this life. That's good. Well, we love to celebrate all that Jesus is doing in our lives. If you've made a decision today or if you have questions, then you can go to uh, audacitychurch.info and uh, uh, there's a form that you can fill out. And uh, But we're going to continue in worship. And so we just want to say, Jesus, we thank you for moms. We thank you for uh, allowing us to be so influenced and directed by them and we just pray that they feel loved and celebrated today in your name we pray amen thank you for listening if you'd like to get plugged into the ministry of audacity or support this ministry financially you can get more information at loveservego.com